Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Well, um, this quarter we have been talking about prepare for ministry. And I'm going to continue in that um, and just talk to you what the Lord had shared with me a few months ago about a requirement for servants, a requirement for servants. Now, we had uh, discussed what minister or ministry means. Um, In the Greek, it means an attendant, a servant, an aid. It means to care for someone, to attend to the needs of others. And so that puts us all in the category of ministry. We've been filled with his spirit. And uh, so who Jesus was, who we read about in the gospels, that same spirit came to his disciples on the day of Pentecost and it's continued throughout time. Thank God. Now you and I have that same spirit, but the spirit of God is one of wanting to serve, wanting to give very selfless. Everything about the Lord is selfless. Um, There's nothing selfish about him. So today I want us to go and look at the parable in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to start with verse 14. If you're looking in your Bible, the letters are going to be read because Jesus is speaking to Now, I am going to be reading out of the New King James Version, but it's really not a whole lot different than what uh, the King James Version. They just change a couple of words to make it a little bit easier to understand. So, starting with verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods, so the things which he already possessed, and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability." to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. I'm going to stop there for just a second. Um, The talents in this story, um, back in that time, that was a measurement of money. So one silver talent weighed approximately 70 pounds. 70 pounds of silver. 
it was still a lot of money back then, just like it would be today if we had 70 pounds of silver. So to show why when the Lord tells this story and how it plays out, um, to show how serious he is about it, that lets, lets you know. If he's going to give each of them one talent, that's 70 pounds of silver, that's a lot of money. <laughs> if I'm going to hand that to you and say, here, go do something with this, that means I trust you. <laughs> he was very trusting giving out these talents. Jesus is saying, this story is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So pay attention, because I want to teach you something. Um, when Jesus spoke, people listened. So this master was leaving on this long journey. And he called his servants together. So these were people that belonged to him. He had probably purchased them as servants to work for him. Um, and he wanted to hand them out some gifts. And it says he gave to them each according to his own ability. Whatever they could handle. Whatever their ability was. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. So he ended up with ten. That's a lot of money. And likewise, he who received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, what? Look there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. But, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he 
will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I've always thought, wow, that is a harsh ending to that story. But I think Jesus was trying to make a clear point, And that is to let us know how serious he is about what he puts in our hands and what we do with it. They're his possessions. These are things that belong. These talents of silver belong to the master. And he trusted his servants with his possessions. So the Lord is entrusting things to us, to our hands. For his purpose, for the purpose of his kingdom. Now this is a parable. It's symbolic. It's not literal. It didn't really happen. But Jesus was telling this story to get them to understand about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus made it clear in John 15 that he does not call us servants now, but he calls us friends. So in this story, he's not calling us servants and he's not calling the disciples servants. He's just telling a story. The man going on the trip represents Jesus. He's committed something of great value to those who he is leaving. I just want to say that everything to do with the kingdom of God is of great value. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. All of the ways God uses his body with several giftings. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In other words, whatever gifts he has given to us, it's to profit the whole body of Christ and the kingdom of God. He says in this story, according to their own abilities. Now these servants are symbolic of you and I. It's a long trip. Jesus has been gone for over 2,000 years. And he left us in charge of building what he died for. He left us in charge to expand and to multiply for the kingdom of God. This is a parable of trust. The wise steward is entrusted here. The master entrusts the wealth and the growth of the kingdom to his servants. And he gave them a lot. Everyone that was hearing the story knew what one talent was worth. But <laughs> to the one he gave five talents, he entrusted him with a lot. All that Jesus had in mind when he called his disciples and he taught them 
and then he left the work in their hands. Now has been left in our hands. Now we are the stewards, the ministers, the overseers of his possessions, his gifts in our hands. One of the wonderful truths about this parable that just has stuck out to me so much are the words of praise that he gives to the first and second servants. When he returned, it was very simple. He just said, you were faithful. Only one requirement. You were faithful. It made such an impression on the master. That's really all he was asking. Is that you were faithful. Not that you were perfect. Not that you did everything right. Not that you were the smartest one in the bunch. Just simply, you were faithful. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you rule over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I really think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to not just take the talents that God has given us and be faithful with them, but we think the giftings that he has given us, um, we think we have to be number one. We have to be the best in our field. We have to be the one that is just sought after and, or whatever. But he's just saying, I just want you to be faithful. And what happened when they were faithful, their talents multiplied. They were faithful and their talents multiplied. They took what Jesus had given them or what this master had given them and they were diligent with them and they multiplied. The first two were not lazy. They were not slothful. They did not back down from their responsibility. They were simply faithful. Now they were given a different amount of gifts. But they all had the same chance to be faithful with what they had been given. Because that's just the way the Lord is. Now the third servant said... I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid of what you would do. So I just took that talent and I hid it in the ground. So nobody could get it. Can I just say that when we are fearful with what God has put in our hands, what he has asked of us, we hesitate to do anything with it. We hesitate to even obey him. Fear can shut down the genuine gifts of God on our lives. But we need to remember that 
He only gives us things according to the abilities that already lie within us. What he put in us when he created us. That's what he asked of us. He never asked me to be an artist. He wouldn't do that. That would be the biggest joke. When you can't even tell what my stick man really is, you know. He never passed out a gifting to me um, with an artistic ability. It just didn't happen. And I'm okay with it. I've tried it. It didn't work. And so I prayed daughter-in-laws into my life. And they just take care of all of that. And man, they make me happy. <laughs> it seems that the third servant really didn't even know his master. He thought he was a harsh man. Now, why would he think that and the other two didn't think that? I think it's because he didn't know them. He mistook the power that his master had for being harsh. I believe his lack of relationship with the master and an understanding of who this master truly was affected what he did with the gifts that his master had given him. Maybe he lacked self-confidence. And maybe he let that speak so loudly instead of believing the truth. The truth is, the master trusted him. No, he may not have given him five gifts like he gave the first one, but he gave him one. So he trusted him. He just didn't believe the truth that the master had chosen him and given him something very special. You know, fear can be such a harsh thing. Fear can lead to being lethargic and apathetic where we lack the drive to accomplish what we need to accomplish, or sometimes we just stop caring because we're so afraid we're not going to do it right. We don't do anything at all. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I've been there a million times. I just don't, no, no, I, mm, no, I just don't think I can do that. Ah, uh, no, I, I would not be any good. There's no way that I would be as good as so-and-so. So, no, no, I'm just not even going to go there. And so we just don't even try. I think if you're like me, you know, you search, you pray, you ask God, what have you given to me that I could multiply uh, your kingdom? What, what good am I? What have you given me as gifts? Now, we can kind of interchange that word talent. Uh, of course, I just told you that word meant money. Um, but it was something that the master possessed and he handed it over to them. It was a gift to them. We've got to remember, it's not our gifts, it's his. And he gives us a portion of it according to the ability that's already inside of us. 
I think that's pretty awesome that he works it out that way. I'm, I'm glad that he doesn't ask certain things of me because it would really boggle my brain to try to figure out, I don't know, like how to put up a fence like Brother Williams. I don't even, I might be able to dig the hole, but I don't even know if it would be right. <laughs> so there's just some things he doesn't give us, but he gives them to somebody else. So why would I be jealous of what he can do? Just, it's not my talent. It's not my gifting. Things that belong to God, he hands out. You know, prophecy belongs to God. But he has chosen to give it out to some of his people. And some use it. And some are afraid to open their mouths and use it so they bury it. To some, he gives a word of knowledge. And some use it and they help somebody and it multiplies the kingdom. And some out of fear, oh, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not spiritual enough. And they take that gift that God has given them and they bury it. And it doesn't benefit the kingdom. There are so many things that he has passed out to us. Gifts that he has given. I'm going to read this list that I kind of made up. Playing instruments. I tried my hand at that. I could barely do it. It's really not my gifting. Leading children's ministry teaching, singing, decorating, being an encourager, preaching, sign language, secretarial work, intercessory prayer, artistic abilities, cooking for others, driving people to appointments, befriending people, mowing someone's grass, using your carpentry skills to help someone, using your computer skills to help someone, using your organizational skills to help someone, just serving, serving, serving. We're in this kingdom of God and he's given us abilities according to what's already in us, what we're good at, what is naturally in us. And he says here, use it for the kingdom of God. Take it, multiply it. I don't know what he's given to you. I don't even know what all he's given to me. But I've tried to take the things that he has given to me and use them for his kingdom. So they multiply the kingdom. So they expand the kingdom. Because that's what needs to happen. Whatever it is, he says, be faithful. Be faithful with the gifts that I've handed out to you. But when we are faithful, they begin to multiply. It's beautiful. It multiplies and it grows the kingdom of God. The Bible calls preaching, it says the foolishness of preaching. God has given that gift of preaching and what happens we hear the preached word of God 
It touches our hearts. If we allow it to, it changes us into a better person, into someone that can be helpful in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom has multiplied. Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Whatever he has passed out to us, when we do it for the kingdom of God, we're doing it unto him. James 1 and 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. They were his gifts all along. He was just hoping that they would be faithful with his gifts. Because if they were faithful, these gifts would multiply and the kingdom would grow. The truth is today, right here in this room, are some of the most faithful people on the planet. So what I see is a whole lot of multiplication going on in the kingdom of God. You may think what you do is so insignificant and it really doesn't matter and all I'm doing is this and you name it. But you're being faithful. You're being faithful with what he has entrusted to you. And that counts with the Lord. That's what he's asking. Ask yourself, am Am I being faithful with whatever? Whatever he's entrusted to us. Yes. I believe every one of us in this room can say yes. I'm at least being faithful with it. I don't know how good I am. But I, I am continuing in it. I'm doing the best that I can do. Faithful means steadfast. Consistent dependable, reliable, loyal, trustworthy, devoted. I think so many of us have spent more than enough time listening to the wrong voice, the voice of fear, the voice of self-doubt, the lies of the enemy, the lies that we tell ourselves that we just don't have what it takes. Well, I beg to differ. You do have what it takes. It's in you. For some, there was a voice that spoke to you even as a child that said, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be good at anything. <laughs> spoke to you lies about yourself. And, and you're still listening to the same voice. It's time to change stations. <laughs> Listen to something new. Listen to the truth of what God says. If he put it in you, it's a gift from him. Use it. Be faithful and multiply. The accuser of the brethren has had our ears way too long. He just likes to make us think we're not worth anything. 
and that we're just no good to the kingdom of God. If, you know, if you can't get up there and play the piano, then you're just no good to the kingdom of God. What is that? There are so many gifts that God has passed out. I'm thankful that he entrusted us with gifts. I'm thankful. That means he saw something in us that said, yes, I believe they can do it. I believe they will be faithful. Or he, he would have never given those talents to those servants if he didn't trust them. He even trusted the one that buried the talent. If he didn't trust him, he would have never given him a talent of silver. <laughs> when we listen to the enemy and we believe his words that, you know, we're just not good enough and all of that, it just feeds his ego and his pride. We need to listen to the truth. We need to decide today that we are no longer going to believe the lies. Decide to believe the truth. The truth of who God says I am. The truth of his requirement for me. He is not requiring that we are perfect. He is not requiring that everything we do be top notch. He just said, be faithful. Be faithful. One day, uh, Sister Lonnie and I were talking, and I think she mentioned this here on Mother's Day. And I said, you know, why do we use the terms our strengths and our weaknesses? It sounds so negative. Anybody like to admit you have weaknesses? <laughs> It sounds so derogatory. I just don't like that. We, we have strengths and we have weaknesses. And so together, her and I came up with, we have strengths and then we have unassigned abilities. Things that were never meant for us. I was never meant to be a carpenter and build anything because I would be so impatient <laughs> It, you wouldn't want to see what the finished product would be. We have strengths and then we have unassigned abilities. There are just some abilities that were never assigned to me. God didn't give me some gifts. He never expected me to take them and multiply them. So I don't have to be good at them. Now, when you're working in a church and you don't have just you know, multiple, multiple people to help. Sometimes you do have to do some things that you're not very good at. I remember when we first came to Landmark and Sister Patty was playing the piano, but it wasn't too long. She started going to school full-time, working full-time, and she, I mean, there was not much time in her schedule. Well, I had taken one semester of piano at Gateway, and I knew how to play an F and a little bit in C. So I reluctantly sat down at the piano at home and got the songbook out, went through 
every song. And if I could play it in F or C, that was the only ones we could sing. <laughs> so for a short amount of time, I played the piano at the old church. And the Lord helped us get through that. <laughs> but it didn't multiply very well, I don't think. <laughs> but we have to be okay with what he's given us. Every single one of us in this room have abilities that the other one does not have. And that is okay. He gave us according to our own abilities. You know, a tactic of the enemy, if, if he can get us to have such self-doubt and low self-esteem and low confidence and no confidence in God, then we will stay in the state of self forever. Self-pity, self-doubt, self-medication, selfishness. He wants to keep us in the spirit of self because that is exactly who he is. And misery loves company. He's all about himself. That's what got him kicked out of heaven. So if he can get us constantly thinking about ourself, I'm not good enough, and, and uh, there's no way. Nobody likes me, and everybody hates me, and I don't fit in anywhere that I go, and I, I, I. Then he can take our minds and, and get us thinking things that are not the truth. Fear is a spirit, and it doesn't come from God. And the enemy wants to keep us so full of fear that we don't step in and take the giftings that God has given us and use them and let them multiply. The Bible tells us that a perfect love, a mature love, cast out fear. If that third servant would have had a good relationship with the master, he wouldn't have been afraid. He said it. I was afraid. You're this guy that you don't even have to plant seeds when you gather the plants. He knew how powerful he was, and he took that for him being so harsh and mean. And he wasn't. The tactic of the enemy is to keep us in fear so we will not operate in faith. His tactic is to keep us in fear so we will not use the gifts that God has given us to further the kingdom. If he can stop us, then the kingdom doesn't expand and he's won. He wants us to believe that we don't have any gifts, that God has never given us anything. He wants us to look in the mirror and tell ourselves, you're just no good for anything. You're no help to anybody. What talent do you have? What gift do you have for the kingdom of God? When there are so many giftings he's given us. The enemy wants to keep us full of fear. He wants to keep us thinking, well, well what will so-and-so think? 
He wants us to be full of the fear of failure. So we don't even try. Maybe even a fear of ministry, a fear of I'm just not enough, not smart enough, I'm not good looking enough, I don't measure up. Those are lies, all lies from the enemy. He wants us to waste all of our time thinking about ourselves. Because when you think about yourself all the time, you're really no good to anybody. And, and we're no good to the kingdom. He knows if we would ever see the truth, that we would take the gifts that God has given us and we would begin to be faithful with those gifts and those gifts would multiply and the kingdom of God would expand. You know, we, I think because of in church services, we see certain giftings used and sometimes we get a little confused thinking, those are the only giftings. <laughs> oh my goodness, not the truth. One phone call that you make to someone that encourages them. That is a gift from God. When, when you can encourage someone, what does that do for that other person? Forget about yourself, what it does for you. You feel better. You hang up the phone. I did what I, the Lord asked me to do. But what did it do for that other person? What does it do if you feel like the Lord says, I need you to cook a meal for somebody. Take it to them. You're like, what is that? That's nothing. That's not like preaching. That's not like singing. That's not like, we just, it's ridiculous. We categorize everything. But it's not about even the gift itself. It's what we do with it. It's what we do with it. If we're faithful, he just asked this of us and we're faithful with it and we obey, it expands, it multiplies. And the Lord says, well done. Well done good and faithful servant. That's all he's looking for, Brother Tucker, is someone to be faithful with what he's given to us. And I don't know what it is for you, and I don't even know what all it is for me. But I know with whatever he has asked, put in our hands, we are to be faithful with it. If he's asked you to be a friend to people that don't have friends, do it to the best of your ability and just be faithful. If you are one that he has just given you the gift, the gift of gab, I guess we could call it, just talking to anyone, people you've never met before, but you see that they're hurting, you, you can see it. He's given you discernment and you go and you say something to them. You're expanding the kingdom. You're multiplying the kingdom because you're making a difference. You're pointing people to Jesus. You're getting their minds on him, 
instead of everything else. It's required of stewards to be faithful. We are a spirit-filled church. We love to see the gifts of the spirit operate within the church. But just to emphasize, they are called the gifts of the spirit. They are not ours. They are just loaned to us during our time on this earth. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that worketh all in all. So I'm not going to get upset if someone else is blessed with the giftings of discernment, the giftings of tongues, the giftings of whatever, any kind of giftings, I'm going to be thankful that they have them and that they are blessing the kingdom of God. Sometimes we get so focused on the giftings of other people that we take ours and we bury it because we're envious or we're jealous If we read down a little further, the word, of God, the word of God again says, the body is not one member, but it's many. If the foot shall say, because I'm the hand, I'm not the body, is therefore not the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were the hearing, where would the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. You are where you are at in the body of Christ because it pleases him. The giftings that you have, you have them because it pleases him and because it's how he created you. And if you are not sure what your giftings are, all that the Lord has given you, ask him and he will tell you. And when he does, just work on those. Be faithful with those. Not perfect. Just be faithful. That's what's required. We'll finish this up next week, if the Lord wills. And... Uh, but this week, I want us to just be thinking about, I mean, your personality comes into play with your giftings. God has given you some things according to what's already inside of you. And if you ask him, he's going to show you. And maybe you can ask other people around you, hey, what do you think my giftings are? And I guarantee you, they'll be able to tell you. Because sometimes that other people see the good in us a lot more than we see it. I want us to pray. Lord, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for...